Welcome to the Top Business Leaders Podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to uh, welcome everyone back to our podcast this week, and especially to welcome our special guest, Colonel Lee Ellis. Welcome. Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you. Thank you, Lee. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, and then we'll talk about your books. You know, Dan, uh, I uh, I never thought I would write a book. Uh, I could hardly write a paper in school. I didn't read any books in school growing up. I read like one book the whole time I was in grammar school and high school. Uh, I just probably was ADD. I couldn't sit still long enough to read and Eventually, in the War College, in the Air Force, I had time to study every day, and we had to read. I learned to read. I started reading, and I really enjoyed reading. So then one day, um, after I retired, my boss walked in and said, my publisher wants you and I to write a book on career planning together. I said, sure. I didn't know know any better. I just knew we had word processors. That was like in 1991. And uh, ever since then, I've enjoyed writing and look forward to it. Great. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and what you do and who you serve and how you help them? Yes, I've been involved in leadership consulting training uh, for t- over 20 years, and that has really been wonderful. I've loved doing it. I love, I've spent 25 years in the Air Force. I was a fighter pilot, loved flying. I got into leadership development and then transitioned to that after I retired. So I love what I do and uh, enjoy it, but that also led me to eventually to write a book about my war experiences because they were quite unique. I was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for five and a half years. I went down 11 days after John McCain, came home the same day, same airplane. So we were in the same camp several times, different camps, and then eventually in the same camp face-to-face. So that experience uh, was pretty powerful, and people kept asking me about stories and when you're going to write a book, when you're going to write a book. So about 2010, I started working on a book. And I reached out to two authors, one nationally known, one regionally known. And they both came back and said, we got some great stories, but what's unique about your book? There are other POWs who have written books about being a POW. Well, that stung a little bit, but I backed up and I said, well, I came from two sources that are pretty clever, pretty smart guys. I better listen. I backed up and I said, what's my spin that's different? And I realized I, at that point, I've been a leadership consultant for 12 years and I've been a leader in the Air Force for 15 or 20 years. I said, I'll take the stories and the lessons I learned about leadership as the youngest guy in the camp and build the stories and then transition to the lessons and take those lessons into today's workplace where I'm doing it, my work as a leadership consultant and coach. And that all worked out well. The book came out very well. Great. So um, writing a memoir is a very difficult experience. I've worked with a couple of people on their memoirs, and uh, some of them couldn't do it, frankly. It it, Uh it stung too closely. There are too many childhood traumatic incidents, for example. How did you get over that sting? Uh, Or was there a sting? Or how did you deal? Were you real? 
people tell me that they relive their incidents and they can't get over them. How did you overcome that? You know, that's a really good question. I think that uh, the POWs, the treatment uh, got better. The torture stopped after Ho Chi Minh died and uh, pressure was put on by the American people. And they, we met, went more to a live and let live situation. And we had a couple of years to decompress, get our heads back together, get rid of our anger and our bitterness, working together with people who had been through worse than we had. And I think that made a big difference. We really decompressed before we came home and we just came home and went to work and our group has done very well. But it was difficult, much more difficult than the previous book I'd written because it was, was more emotional and I wanted to make sure I got it right. So I actually went to the um, secret chambers uh, up in one of the bases in Virginia and had to go through two levels of security and had to be accompanied by a person full-time I was reading my debrief, like 120 pages of debrief when I came home, to go back and check all the details to make sure I got it right. Well, I did get it. Uh, I got it very accurately, uh, except there were a couple of things I'd just forgotten about, but otherwise I pulled it all together. But it was still difficult because this book, I had POW story, and every chapter was structured, here's a POW story. So I had to get that right. Then I had a transition into here's the lesson. And then from that lesson, we introduced a business situation story with one of my clients. I would change them. Most all of them were anonymous, but they were real stories. And then we transitioned into coaching for that, for that lesson. So there's some pretty significant parts in every uh, chapter of the story, the lesson, the application lesson, and then the coaching uh, in each chapter. So that made it much more difficult, but uh, I got it all together and it all followed that format and it worked really well. That's a fantastic format. I'm wondering, did you, uh, did you show it to uh, beta readers or your clients for feedback to see if you really made your points or if it could be improved? Did I ask them, did they make, make the points? Did, did you ask them for feedback uh, to see if you were on the right track? As I was going along, I didn't ask them for feedback really uh, about that. What I did was I worked with an editor, a content editor who helped me uh, make it tighter and flow a little bit better. Uh, I actually organized my chapters on a spreadsheet, I put them in a spreadsheet where I could sort them, and then I would flip the spreadsheet into a pie chart, and I would sit there. I'm a visual person. I'd look at the pieces of pie, okay, and I ended up with the first six pieces of the pie. The first six chapters were about leading yourself, and then the next eight, the last eight, were about leading others. And then I organized the logic of that flow, and then I put came up with my POW stories for each chapter. Then I came up with the case study for the lesson in each chapter. And uh, so I had to work through all those different examples. They're pretty complex, but using a spreadsheet really helped me to see it and kind of keep it in order. That's a great idea. I love that. Uh, it, it also serves as a nice checklist. And in my book, Write Your Book in a Flash, I teach my clients pretty much the same thing. If you have a long, detailed outline, you'll never have writer's block. You'll never wonder what to write about next because you know in your case you needed a case study or you needed uh, a coaching point or you needed uh, one of the other elements so that that's particularly brilliant tell me about your yeah. writing schedule did you write every day did you set a certain time for writing or did you lock yourself in a room for a week <laughs> no uh 
I try to, uh, I go in spurts, you know, and it might, I might write for three hours today and three hours tomorrow. And I might not write for several days just because I have other, I have a business to run and I have clients and all that. So, but I would try to work. Uh, I would say I try to write probably at least 10 hours a week. And sometimes I might work three days. I might work 20 hours in one week writing. So it would go up and down. The thing that helped me, and I really, um, you know, I've read uh, Pressfield's book. If you haven't read that, you got to go read that too. <laughs> but after, after I had finished two books that I read that, but I just uh, determined that I had to keep it moving. And that's my personality. I'm a person who works better with a teammate because I need the accountability. If I say to you, I'm going to have this to you next week, then by George, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have that chapter drafted for you next week. That's just who I am. But if I didn't have that accountability but my editor, see, he didn't care that much, but I used him as my accountability partner and I'd send him a chapter and he'd send me one back. And then I'd send him another one and he'd send back. And that, well, I got, we'd maybe be working on two or three at one time. Every chapter between the two of us, we went through at least 10 times and most of them 12 times. Now, the last couple of edits, there might only have been 10 words changed. Sometimes it'd be a whole paragraph move. And his, he was, his, he was really a good uh, editor or writer. And so his help to me was to make me feel comfortable that the logic, the, the chronological, we didn't follow totally chronological. He convinced me of that we didn't have to, and that was right. It was generally chronological, but not completely. But his uh, ability to help me tighten it up and to see what was important and what wasn't important was really uh, a big plus for me. And he helped me learn more about writing. It had been several years since I'd written a book at that point. This was the last one I'm talking about, 2011, the book that came out in 2012. I was writing on it in 2010 and 2011. We finished it up in the summer of 2011. Those are great ideas. Can you give us some other tips on how to work effectively with a content development editor? I think he or she has to know the audience very well. They have to know what it is you want to do. They have to know what you're passionate about and they have to know enough about your background so they can pick up on your voice and they don't try to take you away from your voice. Uh, that's the most important thing because uh, it has to be a consistent voice uh, if it's one person writing the book. And they have to understand what you're passionate about. What, why is that important? Because it's your message. Okay. <laughs> and if they, do, they you don't want them getting off your message into another message. Now they may have some ideas, but you talk about those. So I, uh, when I'm going to write a chapter, you know, I kind of get an outline and kind of the, really the key points that need to come out in that chapter. Uh, usually it's a pretty good outline. And then I go back to my spreadsheet. Uh, my In my last book, I put my spreadsheet more horizontal in that, okay, so here's a chapter, and then uh, I'll even put quotes that are going to be in that chapter. Maybe here's the, the lump of the chapter. I might put a short paragraph of the idea of the chapter, and then I'll put in my examples, okay? Here's example A. Here's example B. Here's story A. Here's story B. Here's quote I'm going to use here, quote I'm going to use there, and because I can move them around so easily in a spreadsheet and then work from there to fill in that chapter. So, all of that helps me to uh, get things. 
I'm a visual person. And when I can see that and see that flow, then I can sit down and write about it because I know what ideas I'm kind of thinking about it. And it just kind of comes because my books are more uh, educational with stories. So this last book, 2016 book, I use the same format. Uh, I had a POW story. Here's the lesson. Here's the application of that lesson today. Uh, and here's the coaching. And of course, I always end all of mine with a foot stomper, which is a two sentence summary of the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, great tips. I love those. Um, I can share this with my clients. I'm sure they're going to benefit from them. Let's switch gears now and talk about how you use the book as a marketing tool to get more business. Yeah, I think it's the best marketing tool you could ever have. Uh, you know, when you, especially when you, I self-publish mine. So, and I, I hired a guy before the 2016 book who had, we'd worked together for another author. Both of us had worked in a big organization and the, the lead guy was an author and the guy I hired had managed all the production of the books. And although they worked mostly with publishers, not always some of the smaller stuff they self-publish. So he understood that. And, and that was a big help. So my books, I get pretty cheap. And so it's easy to give them away because they're so cheap and it's a pretty high quality thing. And it's something a person can read and remember, and they remember you. They think, okay, you know, this guy has a great message that we could use in our organization. Here's the message right here in this book. It's laid out. And I, the, my uh, Kevin, who's my production and marketing guy, he is so good. He said, well, we need a bookmark. And we started looking at them and we decided, well, we've got those 14 lessons. The first six are leading yourself. The last eight are leading others. Okay. Lesson one is know yourself. That's what the title of the chapter is, but that's a checklist. So the bookmark is actually a checklist. Lesson two is stay positive. Mm -hmm. Lesson three is guard your character. Four is uh, confront your doubts and fears. Five is fight to win. Six is uh, be resilient, bounce back. So those are the six for coaching yourself or the six lessons for leading yourself. But uh, having that little bookmark, that's a powerful piece right there because that's, you can coach yourself with that every day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's great. In fact, you know, some people may never read your book, but they'll see the bookmark, read the yeah. bookmark, and you get your message across there and you have the credibility of having a book. I haven't heard anyone else say anything like that before. That's that's wow. fascinating. So When I go speak, yeah. when I go speak, if I'm speaking to 300 people, before, uh, when they come in to sit down, they get a copy of the bookmark. And I'm referring... For that, for that audience, I'll pick three major lessons out of that uh, 14 lessons, maybe four, and I'll tie those four lessons into my story, uh, but tie them right to their company and their uh, mm-hmm. the business they're in and what they're doing and why it's important. So they've got that little checklist with them, and that also prompts them maybe to buy the book. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. How do you let's let's talk a little bit more tactics now. How do you actually get mm-hmm. the book into the hands of the people who are going to hire you to speak or to coach or bring you in for training at a company? Well, I'm so blessed with all my people. I have Stormy and these are all part time contractors, really. But they're so loyal and so good. Stormy when does my booking uh, when people reach out or she actually reaches out to people also that I meet. I have their cards and all. But uh, she will just send them a copy of the book if they're interested. She'll send them a copy of the book with the bookmark and say, you know, here's the kind of the, the lessons that Lee will be drawing from. And he will adapt them into your culture or your mission 
your goals that you're trying to achieve. So they get a copy of the book. They can take a look at it. They can order more. And a lot of my clients actually will order. I just spoke to uh, a large group and they ordered one for, they ordered 200 books for everybody in the audience for, it was a conference type thing. So a lot of times that happens. And then we put up, print up a book plate uh, sticker. It's uh, they're four to a page that you buy, you know, these labels and we print them up and I sign them or we pre-sign them. And so we send them out, those labels out and they can actually pull them out and just paste them right in front of the book. You know, you can do two or three of those four or five a minute. So two people could do a hundred books in 10 or 15 minutes. So they have a signed label for that event with my signature on it and the date right there. Great idea. How else do you use the book in marketing? I think the fact that you have a book uh, gives you some credibility for sure. You have a book. Okay, here's a book. Well, you can go on Amazon or anywhere and read a synopsis of it. You can read a, a see how many stars it's got beside it. You can read all the comments about the book, the message. And, and to some degree, that's carrying the weight and the power of you as a speaker. If you can communicate in that book the, your message, people can see the value of that message and how it could impact them. Fantastic. There are probably other ways, but that's what comes to my mind right off the top of my head. Great. Um, you also said during our pre-interview that you turned your books into workbooks or lesson plans. Can you tell us a little bit how you how you? Yeah, do that? we have uh, the last two. We have a training guide for each one. Now, I mentioned earlier that at the end of every chapter, there are questions. So we kind of took the uh, content of each chapter and uh, broke it down, tweaked it out a little bit for discussion. Well, first of all, for personal uh reflection with a question and you responded to it. And then uh, we have group, uh, ideally uh, those will be done in a group. So you do your personal uh, planning for that chapter and respond to the question, but then you get together with your team and you have a facilitator. It could be the team leader or it could be just some person he delegates or she delegates on that team. And the facilitator then facilitate the discussion around the content of that chapter and everybody's kind of processed through. They read the book, they've answered the questions, and now we just have some. We're looking for some very, some real vulnerability because that builds trust. But it also you learn better from each other. So we've had really good success with that, and we found out that a lot of people were just using the questions in the back and having these little book clubs out in the Air Force at bases mm-hmm. or in organizations, hospitals. Uh, pa- a group of pastors over here were doing that. And so, so we put together that, and we have a leader's guide that goes with it. Fantastic. Those are all great ideas. I want to thank you for being on the show, but f- before we go, tell us a little bit more about how people can get in touch with you and tell us uh, the names of, the, of your current books. Yes, uh, leadingwithhonor.com is our brand, and that's our website, leadingwithhonor.com. And we have uh, an open uh, public Facebook with that also. And LinkedIn, uh, Leon Lee Ellis on LinkedIn and also Twitter. And I think the, uh, the thing uh, to need to know is that I'm a keynote speaker. I write books, but my, my experiences and uniqueness is five and a half years as prisoner of war as a youngest guy in the camp. Usually I just turned 24 years old and I learned so much about leadership and the powerful uh, role models that we had there that was so courageous, that took so much punishment, so much torture to lead us. 
and yet they were so humble and yet so strong. And that role, those role models really helped me to grow up and mature into the person I am today. And so when I write, I speak, when I do leadership development, I'm always coming back to that. And, and of course, my, I have 30 years of experience uh, developing uh, what you might call personality assessments, uh, talent assessments, behavioral assessments. And uh, I've been doing that for 30 years, working with PhDs to validate. And so we have uh, hundreds of thousands, no millions of samples and data. And I've worked with leaders uh, all over the world uh, using those assessments to help them grow. And the bottom line is we're all different. And when you manage Lee Ellis, you better be willing to use a two by four upside the head to get his attention because <laughs> suddenly it won't work. But if you manage someone like his wife, Mary Ellis, that won't work at all. You just need to speak softly and give her the rules and she'll follow. <laughs> and you have to learn to manage yourself, but you also have to learn to manage people differently. And so that's our area of expertise. Now, the books, uh, the 2012 book was kind of the first in the war series, so to speak. That was uh, Leading with Honor, Leadership Lessons from the Hanoi Hilton. The second book was Engage with Honor, Building a Culture of Courageous Accountability. And then the one that's coming out uh, in February is called Leadership Behavior DNA, Discovering Natural Talents and Managing Differences. And that's kind of what I was talking about a minute ago, understanding yourself, self-awareness, so that you can manage yourself and grow, and then others' awareness so you can manage people differently, which is just a powerful concept. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.